What is up, everyone, and welcome back to take two. This is take two of the um, live stream. I just kind of realized, Nate, what the problem might be here. What? I, mean, I don't know if this is true or not, but we might be out of storage on uh, the stream, the the streaming platform we're using. And I think I didn't delete enough broadcast before going live, which is potentially why it was having a tough time transmitting it. Oh, can I, I leave the studio and delete? No, right I now? just delete. I just deleted some stuff. So let us know if you're in here right now. Um, is the audio okay? If you're watching us afterwards, if you're listening to the podcast afterwards, we went live once. The audio was terrible. People are like, you got one audio out here. And now this is take two. I'm talking about the national pre-show. Uh, and if you weren't here, just to let you all know, uh, Mike Trout is collecting cards now. We're not going to spend too much time on that. but he And he might have been for a bit, obviously. But they asked him last night on Sunday Night Baseball. And I uh, say he's building a collection for a ton. Sounds better so far. Okay, does well, it, we're good to go. Does it sound better for both of us? Or is yeah. it just Darren? Well, it says connection here. You know, I think that they'd yeah. be like, Nate, you stink. Yeah. <laughs> nice, Nate. <laughs> Gotta mess with people. All right, sounds good now. I'm glad that worked out. I'm starting to sweat over here with trying to figure out why the audio is not working. But uh, once again, Midwest Monster, Indianapolis, this uh, Friday and Saturday. If you're in the Midwest area, please come out. It'll be a great time. 350 plus tables, tons of sponsors, That's tons huge. of big car shops coming. What do you say? That's huge. I didn't oh, realize I know. it was going to be that big. Oh, it's going to be a big show, man. It's going to be a big show. It's going to be. It'll be a very, very fun time. So I'm excited for it. Uh, it should be a great time. And hopefully see a lot of you there if you're in the hey, Midwest area or if you want to travel in. What's real up, quick, Nate? look at that. Look at that absolute premium, premium uh, positioning there. Right at the middle like, bottom. Like Boom. nothing. Middle bottom just attracts the eyes. Especially with the super neon green too. Yeah. All Maybe right. it just attracts my eyes because I'm biased though. So. That's right. The uh, Warriors played tonight. We got a prediction Warriors by 20 from Nick Foles. Last night's PWCC weekly auction number 21. We put together a build your portfolio here. There's nine different cards, three in each budget tier, $5,000, $1,000, and $100. As you can see, we've got the Wanda Franco 2019 Bowman, or sorry, 2022 Bowman Chrome Orange Auto Out 25, PSA 10, the McGregor Rookie Auto or First Edition Auto. And the quad auto of the Warriors with Curry and Draymond Green and Iguodala and Harrison Barnes up there at the top tier. If you're in the YouTube comments right now, feel free to drop a comment and pick which of those three you'd rather have. And also in the $1,000 range, it's the Burrow Immaculate RPA Collegiate 25 SGC9, Thaddeus Young Gold Prison PSA 10, Messi Blue Ob 199 Insert World Cup Stars PSA 9. And then the $100 range is the Baker Mayfield Draft Picks Contenders Auto at 15, Rookie Glaber Torres. 2017 second Bowman auto uh, PSA 10. Well, not second Bowman, but just non-first auto. And then uh, out of 499 and then Ovechkin Dazzlers PSA 10 from like 2020 upper deck. Nate, pick your three here. All right. Well, the, the top one is easy for me. Wander all day long. Orange auto. Come on. Uh, the second and third significantly more difficult because um, I don't like any of them. I think that's kind of what the Instagram comments were. Like, give me Wander and nothing else. Yeah. So, uh, Wander for sure. At that point, I guess I take the names, Messi and Ovechkin, but I do it begrudgingly. I see. Uh, I'm definitely on the Wander train here, although that Quado is super sick. But if it didn't have Harrison Barnes, it'd be even cooler. Did you just say Quad Auto or Quado? Quad Auto. But I probably because, put it... because I think we're onto something if you said Quado. We should start calling them Quados. We should. I love that. That's a good name. Uh, can we copyright that, trademark that, whatever we got? Trademarked. <laughs> Anybody that says Quado from now on, you owe me a penny. <laughs> That's a terrible deal for you. Um, Joe Burrow or Messi. I love 2012 Prism Golds, but I mean, Thaddeus Young. I really want that card. Probably not. The Messi's an insert, which is the only thing that has me hesitant, but it is from that. 2014 World Cup set. Um, I think I go the Messi with the best chance to gain value. The Burrow is super sick. I actually commented the Burrow on Instagram. The Burrow is my favorite card there, but from like an investment standpoint, probably the Messi. And then I gotta take the Baker. I'm still riding with with my with my guy Baker. I don't care. The Dazzlers of Etchkin's pretty cool. Did you pick one of the sorry? Oh, you picked it. You picked. Yeah, I said I'll go with names: Messi and Ovechkin. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. Though, though, I gotta say, Baker's in a really interesting spot because. I don't think he will play with the Browns next year, even if Deshaun is suspended. Like I just, I just think he would refuse. Yeah, no, he. I think he will. I think he will refuse. And so then it's like, what, what happens there? 
I don't think the Browns would want to trade him because they'd want him to play. I have no idea what happens. We'll just have to wait and see, I guess. You're completely right. Definitely an interesting situation. So early votes on Instagram have got going from $100 to $5,000. of the votes for the Ovechkin, like Nate picked. 57% of the votes for Messi, like Nate picked. And then 42% for the Quado. The Quado of Curry, Iguodala, Barnes, and Green. Now, Nate, remember, this was also like 15 minutes of voting here. Also, like, I mean... You're getting Draymond Green and Curry, Iguodala, same card for like a Warriors fan. Yeah. That's a dream. Hushroom is in the house. It's Joshua um, Simons. I'm the Brewers Packers Bucks fan that always says Kesson for MVP. Change my YouTube name. Well, welcome. Thanks for making it very clear. Uh, Kesson for MVP can only come for, from a few people and one of them being Nate. <laughs> <laughs> True. All right, so transitioning into the uh, bigger part of today's stream, we are going to be talking about people's favorite sports card memories. Uh, we've got about 15 different ones to share here from other people, uh, and then we'll also share some of our own favorites. Uh, this post that we put up was from last week. I think it was on Friday. No, Saturday, actually, Saturday morning. And if you uh, haven't joined yet, feel free to go into Instagram and uh, join this giveaway. It is, uh, we just hit 60,000 followers on Instagram last week. And that was pretty big, uh, pretty big number that I know that the numbers don't mean everything, but just really does represent how how long the journey has been now four years and how many people have jumped in to talk about cards, which makes us super excited to see this many people being impacted by it. And this post in particular and nothing to do with tagging friends and following or anything is really just, hey, comment uh, your favorite sports car memory and you'll be entered to win this sweet little slab stocks and tops care package here at the tops backpack. A tops hat. I love my tops hat. I have that same tops hat. I wear it all the time. Um, Robert Lewandowski, green of 99, and Ryan Sandberg, auto on card of 50 from the tops premier party. And then some stickers there too. So pretty cool giveaway. But and if you're if you're bald like me, just don't even don't even apply because those hats will not look good on you. You need the ones with the fitted front if you don't have hair. You need you need hair for those hats. <laughs> You do. Luckily, I've got it. Hopefully, some of the other haired people out there have got <laughs> want, want the hat too. <laughs> we we gotta get Nate in a picture with one of those. It looks so funny. <laughs> it looks so bad. I laugh. Well, I laugh. well, uh, I'll 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 shave my beard for charity and then put put one of those hats on. Oh my, that would be brutal. That would but be that'd be funny though and awesome. <laughs> Dwayne says you are not bald, Nate. You are follically challenged. I like it. So we're going to read through spin on it. Thank you, Dwayne. Always positive spin. Uh, we're going to read through some of these comments that were on this post. Uh, as you're listening here, feel free. Please do comment what your favorite sports card memory is. And we'll keep track and read some of them off from the YouTube comment section as well. Uh, we just really want to spread as much hobby positivity as possible. And I do feel like reading some of these comments off so you can hear from other people and how much they enjoy the hobby and why um, just helps do that. And also through y'all watching, um, and commenting your 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 favorite sports car memories, I think it'll do the same. First one here we have from Bombeck Sports Cards or Bombeek Beck. Not hands Bombeck Sports Cards. Pulling a Tom Brady rookie with my birthday money when I was ten years old. Had no idea how big of a card it was going to be, but it's one that I'll keep forever and pass down to my kids. Nate, if you pulled a card when you're ten years old, like which you probably did at least somewhat before that. Is there any chance that you would even still have one of those? Um, the the chance I have cards I pulled when I was seven, eight, nine, ten years old is a hundred percent. I have all those cards because we would look up the prices and back it. We'd be like, "Oh, this Tim Couch card I found in the Lego bucket that is just absolutely beat up, four dollars." You know, yeah. of course you're not considering that the corners are gone and the there's a crease in it. You're just like six year old Nathan is rich, four dollar Tim Couch card. And uh, we didn't actually sell those cards, so they are still all around. They're just all really in bad shape. I was gonna ask you, and follow up would be if you did have those cards, what would they grade? Like, I had a this was a little bit older at this point, but I had I was a little bit older at this point, but I had you know, like a Ben Roethlisberger rookie type thing. Yeah, what would so. a grade? Oh, it would probably grade it like a seven. It's actually <laughs> one of the better in shape cards. 
I got you. I got you. So thank you for uh, Bombay Sports Cards for commenting that. Love that comment. I feel like so many memories for myself and other people obviously come from the youth. It reminds us of our childhood, something we started when we were younger. Um, a lot of us, and even if you're older and started too, um, I'm sure 30 years from now, 20, 10 years from now, you'll look back and, and remember right now as your, you know, your start to your collection. From L Globetrotter, saving up all summer 1996 to buy a box of Fleer Metal Basketball come fall. Got my first box and pulled my f- favorite rookie that season, Allen Iverson. That is a pretty cool comment. Imagine being back in 96 and being able to open the first, I think, the, no, not the first metal basketball set. Well, no, maybe it was. Either way, opening a metal basketball set all the way back then and then pulling that rookie just to think, man, maybe 20 or you know, 20 years later or 25 years later, do you know how many people are buying those Allen Iversons and Kobe's when everyone's jumping in doing the last dance? It's just crazy to look back on that. Very cool. Thank you, all Globetrotter, for the comment. From our guy Andrew, St. Croix Cards, coming back to the hobby after a long laugh and meeting some absolutely amazing people. Um, this is another trend that you'll see when you hear favorite sports card memories from people, um, different collectors. A lot of the time it has to do with the second part, which is meeting some absolutely amazing people. I know not everyone can get out to card shows um, or you know, maybe not everyone engages with different people on social media, but it is. I mean, such an important part, and we try to harp on and talk about as much as we can, is that the people in the hobby really do take this thing places. Um, it's the reason why a lot of the, a lot of us, you know, collect and do this every day is because it's so much fun to connect with other people. And I do agree with that a lot. Other than Nate, I, I kind of am mad that I have to connect with him every day on this, but whatever. It's true. <laughs> uh, very nice of you because my my story I was going to share at the end highly involves you in a positive light. But here we are, just throwing me under the bus. Goodness gracious. Here <laughs> I am, a good friend to Aaron. Here's Aaron's friendship for, to me. Uh, well, it was a joke. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I always wonder if like, there's ever like first-time listeners that jump in like don't know that we give each other crap all the time. They're like, oh, man, these guys really don't like each other. <laughs> um, He's so amazing. This is this is a fun one. I I definitely um, think that this is this is one that a lot of people can relate to. From Goat Whisperer, my favorite sports card memory is being in a Revolution basketball break with at Showtime cards. It was Kobe Bryant tribute night. Kobe had passed passed away only a few days before. I predicted a Kobe Bryant autograph card would be pulled, and that Kobe would come through in the clutch one more time. To everyone's surprise, the Kobe Bryant autograph was pulled. There wasn't a dry eye in the building as the loss was so fresh. A Kobe auto hadn't been pulled in a break there in years. It was an amazing bittersweet moment. Mamba hit the box break winner in the clutch. It was an amazing emotional moment I'll never forget. Um, We talked about this actually Sunday night for like a second, but sports card packs are really, really, really like a lifeline of this hobby, which is why I think it also gets so much uh, like discussion when we see sports card boxes that are like so expensive like you know prism releasing in 1600 uh a hobby box for 2021 nfl because so many people you know came up and opened packs when they're younger or open packs with their kids and it just sometimes when the prices do get so high it's just kind of like that element was starting to maybe fade away for a lot of people that that used to get involved in that way especially kids uh, but there are sets that are obviously being produced in higher quantities, like 2022 Top Series 1, that have been hanging around Targets and Walmarts, which is really important. Uh, but here's just obviously another element of opening packs and how it can get people really excited and bring out emotion. That's one of my sports car memories I have to share later, too, is uh, around opening packs. We'll read one from the audience right now from Tech. Tech says, I'm 36 years old and still have a binder of NFL, MLB, soccer, Marvel cards at my mom's house. It was super fun and nostalgic going through it on my recent recent visit home i'm even going to take a shot at grading some there you go um i think that that's also another thing you know connecting with uh family members is huge i mean at least for myself it's like my you know entire family's life pretty much which is amazing and and nate family too for me not blood related but known since i was born pretty much so uh i guess i I do not think when i met your brother for the first time i was probably three i don't think you were born yet no, probably not. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that like there hasn't been a moment during my life that I haven't been in proximity of you in some fashion. <laughs> True. Which is 
rather unfortunate. Wild and also like just ab- absolutely unfortunate for you. <laughs> so unfortunate. Imagine having to know you not only for right now doing slab stocks, but all these years before this too. <laughs> Classic. Uh, Bazooka Tom, my son just turned seven and I have bought all of his biggest pulls from him and stashed them away because he wants to sell like I do when I set up at shows. That is awesome. When you say bought, are you meaning you bought them from him so you can go buy more cards and then you're also going to allow him to sell them and then also get more money? Because that kid is doubling up in a big way right now. So <laughs> that's really fun though. I like the idea. Um, just digging it. As a kid in the 80s and 90s, I lived in Florida and would go to Jupiter, Florida, where they play spring ball and meet so many players like most of the Braves. That's awesome. You ever get them to sign anything? Well, <laughs> new comment. Would get balls signed, but later on would play baseball with them. That's funny, dude. That reminds me of Jim Jimbo. I was about to say Jimbro, but Jimbro cards on Instagram. He posted the thing about the Pudge Rodriguez things he bought for like at the charity auction. And he said he'd wear Pudge Rodriguez's uh the catcher gear. <laughs> That he wore that Pudge wore in the games, like that's super funny. So funny. Just imagine, I just imagine Jimbo sitting at home watching Tigers games, and just like he sees a chest protector, and he's like, throws it on, continues watching. I know, I can for sure see that. Uh, and for anyone just joining, we do have the title called the National Pre Preview because we are doing a small preview to the National Day with more previews to come in the future. So stay tuned. But for now, we are talking about sports card memories from our um commenters on instagram and people in the chat right now because why not awesome to hear people's stories on cards broken curse ball going to my lcs local card shop in 2011 bought one pack of bowman platinum for five dollars he could not pick it out himself they selected for him slash her um packed a gold break also Nate, have you ever seen the word packed you know how people like i didn't ever hear that term because i've always it's always been pulled for me all these years yeah I never heard packed until probably two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago. And when it is a couple of my either one really close high school friend or two, Ed um, from Instagram. Have you ever heard that term before to refer to it as like pulling a card? Uh, I have not often, but I have. I feel like that term comes from like video games. Because both of the people I feel like that I talked to, like one was really into FIFA and one was really into Madden. When you like do like the ultimate team thing, I feel like I see video game streamers refer to it as packing a card, especially when they have now like sort of open traditional cards. So I, I don't know. It's just a very that's just a word that like I never heard in my life before two years ago. I've been collecting cards for the last 13 years, 14 years now. So it uh I don't know, I just asking. Pack to gold Bryce Harper auto number to 50. Biggest pull I've ever had. Call my friends freaking out. I was 12 at the time and Harper was on top of the world. Could you imagine being 12? Amazing. And pulling that, unbelievable. I'm a little uh, bit salty because I was out of the age of buying like baseball cards anymore in 2011. So like, well, you you didn't have to be a scrub. You could have been like me. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And we'll get around to that. We'll get around to that. I'm just saying. It's like <laughs> it's like, why? Why did it have to be that time? Why couldn't I still be into it so I could have got Mike Trout's, Harper's. Colt Bram, my favorite sports car memory is easy. My father and I always went to flea markets. One day we found a whole table full of Michael Jordan memorabilia and cards. He knew how much I loved Jordan and bought the entire table of stuff for 20 bucks. Wow. About a year ago, I found the cards in an old box. I used to store my Jordan collectibles. The cards were mostly junk wax era, but I found that upper deck Jordan and Kobe card and sent it into PSA just before Kobe's tragic death. It got a PSA 8 and I couldn't be happier with it. The card reminds me of my father every time I see it. As priceless in my collection, the best cards aren't always the most valuable. The best cards are the ones with the greatest stories slash memories. That is 100% true. Um, a lot of my favorite cards are ones from quite some time ago or ones that remind me of you know certain moments in time throughout my life, and, and I 100% agree with that. Indie Boom Baby Cards, which is Brett's uh, longtime Slab Stocks Live viewer. When my mom got me a George Brett rookie card for Christmas when I was a kid, I'm named after him. That's sweet. <laughs> I love that. I saw a comment and that was awesome. That was a really good one. Cool hand. The Luca boom of 2020. This was one of the only comments I think that was really like super related to maybe like how the market's changed in the last two to three years, which I think is very telling too. 
like for the people that will take the time to comment their favorite memory, um, it doesn't have to do with the money that people have made. Right, Nate? Correct. And that goes the same with me too. Like I never would sit here and say, oh, my favorite memory was buying those Mbappes and selling them for more and then buy more Mbappes and selling those for more. Like I never, like I just never, I didn't even think about that until literally like seeing like a comment like this. Um, not, I'm not saying this is a bad comment too. I, the Luca boom of 2020 could just be an excited, uh, you know, phenomenon moment of sports cards, which is true. I mean, that was definitely an unprecedented time of seeing cards explode like crazy. I'm not, it has nothing to do with Cool Hand. Cool Hand, I really appreciate the comment. I'm just saying from like the making money standpoint, like the, there's very little of that at all. Ah, this is a good one. Jimbro, Jimbro cards, Jimbo we just referenced. My favorite memory is when Nate called me to, to tell me that he wants okay well nate called and asked him to join the ding corners podcast how about that nate how does it make you feel that was that was one of the best options i've done because doing a podcast with jimbo is very fun and it's a nice like uh it's a nice way to talk about baseball in a more in-depth way uh without like boring the people around me like i could talk to you about baseball and you'll enjoy it but there is still an extent where you'd just be like, all right, I got other things to do, Nate. I don't care about random dudes, WRC plus, you know, I listen, I listen, but I'm, yep. not, I'm not Jimbo. It's like, it's like anytime you talk to me about F1, it's like, yeah, I find it interesting. I listen yeah. and I, I, I enjoy it, but I'm still not like kind of like dive deep into Pierre Gasly. Yeah, no, I got you. I understand the same way. Yep. Uh, from 420 Amsterdam, I broke with Cyrus 2020 and had Napoli spot for $35. I hit a Maradona 7 out of 10 auto. That was a very big hit. Congratulations. Oh. And another big hit from Jaw P. Wiss. Pulling the Wander 1987 auto on my 21st birthday, which seems to be within the last three months. So happy birthday. Three, three to four months around there. Uh, happy birthday. And uh, my actually, one of my sports car memories, I'll share it right now because there's too many to share and it take, I could probably sit here for hours, but uh, I pulled a Bobby Orr uh, upper deck ice on card auto number five on my 21st birthday. Also right before we went to the Brewers game. That was electric. Um, that was electric. I actually want to try to go back and find the video today to see if I could like at least post some screenshots in here, but I don't know. I didn't see it in our videos tab. I thought, I I thought it was an Instagram live. It was an Instagram live, which would have been posted in the videos tab on Instagram now, but I, I didn't see it. So I'd have to scroll back and probably try to look in our main feed, which would take a long time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it is a very good moment uh, It's a great, it's very exciting. I mean, I was very, I was collecting hockey pretty hard that summer around my 21st birthday. I still have a bunch of the cards. I mean, I still have this card. I still have a ton of the other ones I bought and I have more hockey. I've been picking up now and I used to play all the time as a kid played until like sixth grade until I changed the basketball um, due to height reasons that worked out pretty well. I think I started playing more hockey after I stopped playing basketball, but yeah, it's just very exciting. It reminds me a lot of my childhood. Anytime I have hockey cards, which is why I love collecting them too and buying them. And obviously a lot, basically anything I collect, I also sell some stuff of, but like for the most part, I do have a ton of hockey cards. I never sold from that summer. Um, Jakey Zager, favorite sports card memory. I took a Darius Kasparitis world junior card to a signing of him. I was like eight at the time. I had to have my dad take it to him because I was so scared of him at the time. He noticed I was scared and played along with it. But by the time we were walking out, he came out and gave me a hug and said, there's nothing to be scared of. I'll never forget that. Haha. That's a good memory. That's really cool. Now I do have a question. Yeah, go ahead. Do you know who that is? Uh, I was going to say some hockey player. That makes sense. I, I, I don't know, but it is a hockey player um, for the Islanders back in the day. Yeah, I actually never never heard of him. Well, the pictures I'm seeing of him, I can see why he'd be scared. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I would have to agree with that. There's one that has like a black eye in, no? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool, though. Yeah, Islanders and Penguins and Rangers and the one year with the Avalanche. Played 11 games with the Avalanche, actually. I see. Oh, my, <laughs> my dad knows who he is, though. <laughs> he says the hip check. Played for the Rangers, says Jim. High chance cards. Without a doubt, my favorite sports card memory was getting to fly home to finally see my little brother's table set up at a show and picking up a Jason Tam Raid rookie PSA 10 from him. That's super cool. That, that was probably my single favorite comment here. Um, I don't know how either brother maybe got into cards or got the other brother into cards. 
Um, but however it happened to see that is, is a pretty cool, pretty special thing. And like I said, family for me has so much to do with just all the sports cards and collecting and all the memories throughout the years. So whenever I see those, I can relate to a lot. And then the last comment we have to share is from my dad taking my 10 year old. I don't know who that is uh, to the local card shows every month and watching him grow with the hobby. Yes, I feel like I have grown in height as the hobby has also grown in height over the last 14 years now. Um, but that is definitely how how I got super deep in the cards was I made my dad drive me to card shows. And on the way home, we would go get Qdoba every single time, which is probably why it's so chunky in middle school. Now I think about it. Go to a lot of card shows, eat a lot of Qdoba. Wait, were you chunky? I don't remember that. I was pretty chunky in like seventh and eighth grade. I thinned out a lot come high school, well, come end of high school, but yeah, no, I, I was a little chunky, huh. but yeah, no, I don't remember cool. that at all. Yeah. I mean, okay. I wasn't like super, super chunky. I don't know if you're expecting me to be like rolling around, but um, I was just chunk. pretty big. I mean, I was tall too, though. I was tall also, yeah. but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd walk through, I remember middle school with my Beckett manuals. It's funny to say, right. Like books, I'm talking books, not just magazines. Like legit books in my yeah, pocket. Yeah, the ones you rent from the rent from the uh, library. Yeah, well, I bought them from Barnes and Noble, and then I stuck Idiot. in my pockets and I'd walk around school, and I literally just like sit in class at that thing, like underneath my desk, like looking down, like sticking little post-it notes in there for the card show that weekend to see which cards I was going to go buy. Still got the Kobe, the KD rookies, Aaron Rodgers rookie. Um, just over in the other room right now. Definitely think never of, selling those. Think of how much money you could have spent on cards that you wasted by buying the Beckets instead of <laughs> renting them from the library for free. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't think that that deep at the time. <laughs> uh, but uh, ne next slide here is uh, our favorite hobby memories. I already kind of shared a little bit of just some my hobby memories but nate why don't you lead us off and i've got a couple to share after all right well we're gonna start off with a little bit of a story all right with that a story you know yeah but, but no, others no. might not know no but maybe others might not know yeah uh so the hobby is interesting for me because it is very much a circle and when i was a kid i was into cards and when i say into cards i mean as into cards as you could possibly get for a little boy uh, renting the Beckett price guide for either basketball or football every single week from the library. We always had one of them at our house every week. Without a doubt, we'd go back in, you'd renew your rental or whatever instead of having to go check it in and then get it back, right? And uh, we always had that. I was always digging through my cards constantly. They're in such bad shape because I was always touching my cards, counting them, Sorting by team, sorting by set, putting the Barry Sanders, loved Barry Sanders back in the day, the Barry Sanders and the Brett Favre's and stuff in their own binder pages and having pages and pages of Barry Sanders and Brett Favre's. Like, I loved it. Um, I brought up the Tim Couch earlier because that is a fond memory of mine where I found a Tim Couch, a $4 Tim Couch card in a Lego bucket. Another very fun thing for a little kid, Legos. And it was uh, one of those like, Wow, I can't believe I just found this sweet Tim Couch rookie, you know? Well, then we got to one year. My mom did one garage sale. Only time in her life she did a garage sale. And I put card packs out, you know, like we're talking Jeff George front card type of thing where it's like, I got to put a nice card in the front so people buy it <laughs> type of shenanigans from <laughs> from young Nathan. And uh I think I might have had one other customer, but the one customer I remember, and you guys have probably heard this, is sitting on the screen with me, Aaron. Um, it may have been his first cards. It may not have been his first cards. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, he bought cards from me, and then you know that little boy ended up spending more money on Legos, video games, and stuff, and you get out of cards which is why I was reminiscing about 2011 because it's like, man, I was too old. I was spending money on video games and stuff and not cards like Aaron would have been doing in his teenage years. And so uh, missed out on that. But then you come back around to the year of 2017. Yeah. 2017, 2016. What was our first national we went to? 
Um, well, we went to the Nationals here in 2015. You might okay. have the timeline. Yes, we went to the Nationals here in 2015, so, but 2015, you were just like a pack ripper. He was, I wasn't really into cards 2015, but Aaron invited me to the National. I went and I bought a box of Bowman, and that started my love for Bowman. And from there, uh, Aaron got me back into cards. So the dude who bought the first pack from me, you know, the little boy who was super into cards and then got out of it because of other things gets back into it because of the guy who bought a pack from him. And I just love that story because it just shows that like we all have those friends that you get started on something like you started me back on cards and I love it. You know, there's, there's some things I don't enjoy about cards, right? But like Bowman Chrome and stuff like that. I love Love, love, love it. And it doesn't have to be expensive. It can be me buying a 50-cent Bowman Chrome card of a brewer's prospect just to have, you know, just to snag it off of checkoutmycards.com and get it back into my possession. You know, that's the type of stuff I love. And I wouldn't have that if it wasn't for Aaron. And I'm sure you can all think of plenty of friends. Either you're that friend or you have a friend that got you back in the hobby and you got addicted to this thing because of that one person. And that one person is there. So that's my story. There we go. Thank you for sharing. I've got one story to piggyback off of Nate's, which I wasn't planning on sharing. And then I'll go into a couple of different smaller ones. There were like smaller moments that were just like super exciting, I'd say. So, yes, that is true. I got Nate back into cards after he first got me into cards. And I collected the entire time. I collected from... When I was, well, I will say this. Nate probably did sell me my first card because I do remember going over to the garage sale. And then the time that I really got like into it super hard, I probably just had cards until I moved to Minnesota was 2008 uh, when my brother and I went to Target to buy some blaster boxes of 2008 Tops football because we just moved to Minnesota uh, from Wisconsin and Brett Favre was on the cover. And that was like a no brainer. It was like, come on, Brett Favre in Minnesota, we got to get it type of thing. Um, and then we ripped the packs and I started to put together the set. I would pull a Jersey card. I'd sell it on eBay. And then I pulled a Mike, a Matt Ryan. That was like my most valuable, valuable card at the time. The no helmet short print print, which is now my goal to buy that card back. I still haven't done it yet. Um, cause I traded it for something who knows what it was, but I bought it by a Kobe rookie at the same show. But my point is, is that I then got into cards super hard. Um, and I was doing it all the time, but I was doing it like on my own. You know, there I, I had no friends that were buying cards. I had no, even Nate at the time, obviously Nate say he wasn't buying cards. So it wasn't it, like my brother did a very little bit with me um, after that point. And then it's just really my dad that had taken me to shows. But it was always what Nate would say too, is like, I never saw cards as something that was probably cool to other people ever. Like if anyone remembers collecting back when you were in middle school, if you're my age, 23 right now. Um, or even high school, then you know that you were not the cool kid in school or that that would definitely not make you the cool kid in school if people knew. So like no one knew except for like my co very couple close friends, like very, very few close friends. That's about it. Um, it got to the point to where senior year in high school, I started to actually get more like gain some more friends and some friend groups. Got voted basketball captain, all this other stuff to the point to where I nice started to lose the what? Said nice humble brag. I'm just saying it's it's just something just, that just messing I'm not up. even saying it in like a humble brag. I'm saying it's something that distracted me from cards is the point. Um, there was never a point that I like, I guess, physically gave up cards because I thought that I had something necessarily better to do. I gave it up because I thought it was potentially looked at as dumb. And it only had like I only gave up cards. Like, and when I say give up cards, I don't necessarily mean like throwing them all out or like not buying anything else. I'm sure I bought a couple things along the way, but it was like, I barely did them senior year of high school and then into just the first semester of, uh, or maybe even as the full year of freshman college. Uh, and it, it was definitely because of, I had some other things going on at the time, had a girlfriend that I was like, ah, I don't really want to do the car, this and that. And then that kind of got to the point to where 2017 came, ex-girlfriend, no, <laughs> 2017 came and when I'm a sophomore in college and the hilarious thing is, is that Nate, I don't know how much Nate remembers all this stuff, but he said nationally, he's thinking 2017. I said, no, it's 2015. Cause I got you in the cards. The whole point is that after my freshman year of college, the dude sitting on the other side of the camera for me 
is the reason why I got back into cards super hard. Because once 2017 hit, Nate came to my parents' house for the summer and said, hey, Aaron. Well, for a week of the summer. Okay. In the summer. You came to the house in the summer for a week. And you're like, dude, do you still like do the card thing? I was like, uh, not really, you know, whatever. And I was like, I just don't really think that, you know, people would probably like care that much or whatever. So I gave it up. And but then Nate says, dude, you should start doing it again. I said, uh, you know, yeah, I did like it. You know, like that's my favorite thing since I was a kid. And my mom would tell me all the time. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know, parents telling you you like sign, but you, you don't want to admit it, whatever. So Nate gets me back in by telling me about a baseball prospect by the name of Forrest Whitley. And then the other one was Ronald Acuna Jr., who I didn't buy. And I buy tons of Forrest Whitley, and it jumps me back in like super hard. So there was like probably about a year and a half span to where I really didn't touch cards too much. Um, and then jump back in very, 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 very hard up until now. So that was the overall story coming off of Nate's piggyback. Um, is it? I mean, that is just a very key memory to just my card journey in general. But there's a bunch of other little smaller moments along the way that were super important, too. Uh, but all I got to say is thank you, Nate, for doing that, because this would never be a thing. Can you imagine were... what our lives would look like right now if, no. if none of those if none of those moments had happened? No, dude, I'd probably be sitting in an accounting firm thinking, what the heck am I doing right now? <laughs> like, that's exactly what I'd be doing. And no, it's it's uh, it's amazing how this actually has all came together. Definitely, definitely a meant to be from a standpoint of uh like getting to this point. I mean, like I likely, I likely wouldn't be married uh, for being able to work from anywhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, just, I just think in general, there's a billion things that weren't have worked out. Right. I mean, that obviously for you is a very important part, but it's just like everything. It's just crazy how it actually just all happened along the way. Uh, definitely cemented bees. And then two moments after that, that I just want to point out one, this was like, one of my favorite things that ever happened on a live stream. We buy this box of 2019 Bowman Jumbo Hobby the day it releases. We bought it on eBay of all places, but I'm in Germany. Um, and it's right when Bowman releases. We're writing articles up the wazoo because we started Slab Stocks at this point. And I tell Nate, I'm like, Nate, I need you to rip this thing for me. And like, there's no way, there's no way you'd ever hear Aaron telling Nate to rip him packs in 2019. This is like when I think that Nate is still super novice. And like would not handle my cards well at all, right? Like I barely let anyone touch my cards. So let Nate touch them was probably like blasphemous at this time. Well, right? you, you also have to know a little backstory is that we went to a card show in Minnesota. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I bought, we were all looking for different guys. And I bought a bunch of like Ronald Acuna Tops Heritage cards. Just 25 cent cards and multiple multiple i proceeded to drop out of my hand and drop on their corners <laughs> which is where the name dinging corners comes from there you go and uh so i sent nate the box and i'm in a hotel room and my my parents and my brother are in the other hotel room there's just two next to each other and nate's live streaming this opening so i can watch it and other people can see the preview of the set and nate's whole goal here was to talk about the players he's hitting because we're talking so much about prospects and I just watched this video back today, actually, and I don't think I can play it right now, but uh, maybe I'll try to repost the slab stack story if anyone really wants to watch it. And Nate opens this pack, and he, like, pulls a player. It's, like, Adam uh, Hazley. And my favorite thing is when he pulls Adam Hazley, and you say, Adam Hazley, uh, not a fan. <laughs> you move on to the next one. It was, like, not no reasoning, no anything. You just – this random dude – and the funny thing is, dude, is two days ago I saw Adam from Bill Graffs took a picture with him. So now all I think of when I say Adam Hazley is Nate. <laughs> Nate for no reason just slandering this man, saying not a fan, not giving any reason. Well, but he was the he was the pick before Keston Hira. I think he was number eight. Keston was number nine in that draft. So well, either, either way, and then the very next card or two cards after that, it's the Wonder Franco Purple Auto, which Nate just yells Wonder Franco Purple Auto so loud. I'm screaming in this hotel room, banging on the wall of the room, going Wonder Franco, Wonder Franco, and and it was just electric. And the hilarious thing was at the very end of the video, Nate's like, "I really regret not buying sleeves." <laughs> so this kid pulls me the Wonder Franco Purple Auto, and he has no card sleeves there. I'm like texting him, like, dude, Nate, set that thing down. Don't let anyone touch it. Go buy sleeves right now. And uh, it was just like a, a very early on Slab Stocks memory that I, I definitely won't forget. It's awesome. Good stuff. 
Uh, hard to have anything beat though. The, the charity night from last summer we did, uh, for Cam Kestum and, uh, just a, I don't even, I mean, I've talked about probably enough times where people who are watching now have heard about it, but, um, within like the span of one month, we went from raising $10,000 to $125,000 for Cam Kessum, an organization that's involved in in college, uh, sending kids to camp for free whose parents have or had cancer. And it was like just starting with six, six different, uh, companies slash sponsors involved to having over 50 to raising that much money to having hundreds of people buy cards through it to having thousands of people watch the streams uh was just incredible and uh, i'm so excited to do it again this year is my point because this year we will have details coming very very soon i'm like locking down different things um throughout these days trying to line everything up and we will have announcements coming out via youtube via uh, instagram via newsletter because we are doing the uh, slab stocks and camp cast them uh, charity night which is actually going to turn into a, a kind of like charity couple weeks uh leading up to the national it's gonna be an extremely fun time um i hope to have everyone involved please stay tuned if you want to help in any possible way please subscribe to our newsletter list on slabstocks.com please follow us on instagram please come back and watch youtube videos because there is going to be some big ways for everyone to get involved this year and it's not going to cost you much money if you do want to get involved there's gonna be a million different ways to support and send these kids to camp um and it's just the best thing that i think that has happened to um, the sports car hobby since I've been in it, which has been my whole life pretty much because it's affecting people who aren't even collecting cards. Like, you know, I've gotten a lot of messages over the years, which I'm super grateful and thankful for, for people messaging and saying, Hey, thank you so much um, for X, for Y, for Z, you know, helping me get into cards, helping me te- learn about this. Um, and that's very awesome and very rewarding, but to see it go even past th- those people into kids who really need the help, um, is is super special and I wouldn't trade it for anything. And the awesome part is all the people who are then thanking me for giving me the cards are the ones that are helping contribute to, to this too to give back. And it's and it's just it's awesome. So I don't really have much more to say on it at this moment other than please stay tuned for this year's Slab Stocks and Camp, Camp Kesem, uh charity event because it's going to hopefully be really big again and have a lot of people involved and it'll be a very fun time. Good stuff. All right, that wraps up our sports car memories uh, moment here. We will definitely circle back to some of these comments here if there are any more, Nate, that you see from people commenting some of their memories. I didn't see too many more. But uh, before jumping into the next segment, which is the national pre-show, um, pre- preview pre-show, meaning that we're just going to talk about very basic things in this episode because we, you know, most of this episode was about sports car memories. And then we will have more in-depth, like, hey, like, you know, how much money should you bring? Oh, obviously, we can't tell you how much money you should bring, but stuff like that. Budgeting, um, what's how many boosts are there, all these different things um, that you might want to know, tips and tricks for the national. So, but before that, uh, tomorrow, Nate is ripping soccer again. You know how Nate loves ripping soccer. He actually is, it's fun watching you, Nate. Like, you do a really good job with that. I think people like watching it. And at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern people time, like whatnot, watching a moron. It is like watching a moron, which is, I think, why people like watching it. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Your words, not mine. Uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time on whatnot and uh, for the new 2021 Topps Chrome hobby set. And then on Thursday, actually, that's on Wednesday now. It's not on Thursday anymore. I apologize. I'm actually going to be leaving for Indianapolis on Thursday. So that's to be on Wednesday. Wednesday, we are doing a throwback break for 2010 to 2012 Topps Platinum Football, which is sets that I was collecting back when I was a kid. And they come with three autographs per box. Um, blast from the past. Tim Tebow autos. Cam Newton autos, Russell Wilson autos, potentially, and a bunch of other skill position players, too. It should be a great time. It should be pretty affordable packs, and nine total autographs will be pulled. Uh, so it should be a, a really, really exciting stream for a throwback break. And I hope to see you all there and whatnot Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. All right, here we go, the National Pre-Preview. So where is the National this year? It's in Atlantic City. That is over in New Jersey. This is the first time it's been held there since – 2000 and geez i think it was 2016 was the last time it was there the year i graduated from school and i was actually not at that i've never been in atlantic city i think i've been to seven six nationals now around there maybe this is my seventh and i've never been in atlantic city i've been to cleveland chicago uh cleveland and then chicago numerous times but uh this i hope is going to shape up to a great show i've never been there so i don't know what to expect from a venue standpoint so i can't comment on that but it is July 27th to the 31st, um, and here is the floor plan, which looks massive. Nate, does this not look like bigger than what it was maybe in Chicago? Maybe it's just because it it's zoomed out. And it looks does massive. look pretty big, but also it's kind of interesting because you have to go all the way through the 
where's the front doors? To the left? I have nope autograph pavilions over there. Um, it might just be right in front. I have no idea. Because it's interesting that the uh, box breakers pavilion is just all the way to the right. Way down here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I doubt that the entrance over the, is over there. I doubt it's right where the autograph pavilion is, so it has to be in the middle. Oops, it's all blue. You get it to not be blue. Oh, oh well. Um, I'll flip to the next one. This is zooming in on the corporate booths, which you know you've got tops, fanatics, you got zero cool down there, um, blowout, panini, uh, heritage auctions, PWCCs over. I saw it. It's over here. You've got SGC. Should be a lot of different companies in there, obviously. Uh, so check those out if you want. But we are somewhere in this frame. I kind of did like a zoom thing, go from this way zoomed out, more zoomed in. And for the third year in a row at the National, we will have a booth. And we are the red square right there, 1461. We are right by the bathrooms and the concession stands again. Nate, I we, feel, like we do, feel like we do that on purpose, kind of? Dude, that the the corner booth in Chicago by the bathrooms is the most clutch thing in the entire world. I love that booth, by the way. Like that space with all the space to the side. You're not on the concrete. It's like on the carpet. Super nice. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy it. But yes, we are booth 1469. We will be set up in Atlantic City. Um, Super close have... to uh, Leaf Trading Cards. <laughs> I know. I know. What? I said, go get my fix of Leaf Trading Cards. <laughs> I mean, I guess if, if that's what you're into. Uh, but we also got Upper Deck there for some hockey cards. And right across the way there, the orange box. If you see the orange box, that's just connected to our booth that is gonna be ryan card collector too so we're gonna be set up in the same quadrant this year it should be an awesome time um hopefully you all can come by and see ryan see us buy some cards from either of us if you want to if you don't want to buy cards just come say hi we don't care you come and say hi it would uh, be an awesome time and then also and i also got some texts about this too bazooka thompson i heard Luce say they were calling your area the card talk corner which i'm a little offended by i'm a little offended by because i think it's my idea saying lou you should get close to us and then Lou said, okay, I'll square, I'll circle you. Because uh, if you see over here, 1061 and 961 on the right, that is where uh, Lou, Tyler, and Card Talk is um, from 1.37 p.m. So we are probably like, it looks like, you know, three rows away, but pretty close together or four rows away. And uh, it's Ryan and us and, and Slab Stocks and then Card Talk over there. So definitely up by the bathrooms will be a party. It'll be a great time. Uh, as for inventory, because like last year, like we had some cards and everything, but this year we'll have a lot more. Um, we will be sh having a little exhibit for our flip quest cards. We've been buying every Sunday night and there'll be a, a good amount of baseball. Um, we're trying to get some some really interesting cards in there, like, you know, some tennis ones. We, were we got a Jay-Z card. Uh, we're trying to like target some interesting ones like that. And then we will have a slew of Formula One cards that we have just gotten in and are grading with uh, SGC. So that should be super exciting. Very excited to bring a lot of those. A lot of raw cards, too, Formula One specifically. Um, and then I'm sure we'll have a couple different basketball and baseball ones or basketball and football ones there as well. But it'll be a great time. I'm super excited. So please uh, circle that on your floor plan up there by the bathrooms. We're 1461 and Ryan's 1560. It'll um, be, sure be a fun time. Real quick, Aaron, concerning Gabriel's comment, I think we need to make some ground rules here. Uh, number one, PayPal only. Uh, number two, you touch it, you buy it. <laughs> I feel like for people listening to this later, I won't be able to see this comment. They need to know that, what you're. What that's you're fair. Doing. Gabriel said, "Take a poop, and then pick up some first bones from Nate." So, PayPal only, please. No cash. I'm not taking any cash from those grubby hands. And uh, uh, you, you touch one of the cards, you're buying it, and uh, you'll have to pay whatever price I say. So if I say, you know, two thousand dollars over comp, sorry. Uh, I gotta point out that that Jim is uh commenting a lot about the atlantic city venues uh not not great things which also i'm not very excited to drive across the country uh nate flying and then driving across the country to get there but uh i don't as for the comment it will be the last time it will be held there also um i'm not sure if you know that for fact but as what i know as a dealer is we got actually something in the mail that lets us vote on the next three locations and it is possible it could be in atlantic city again um then not next year, which is Chicago, but the year after that. So it's for sure in Chicago next year, but the year after we got to pick if we wanted to be in Chicago, Cleveland, or excuse me, Atlantic city. How many you'd and, pick Chicago? No, we voted for Cleveland. Um, because I don't, I, I don't want, 
you, you've never been to Cleveland. It's a great venue. It's the best venue for the national outside of not knowing what Atlantic City is. Cleveland was actually a super fun national, and I really want to go back. And it was taken off the calendar because the IX Center was suspended for COVID. It got bought by someone reopened. But we went Chicago, Cleveland, Chicago. Sorry, Nate, for having you a little bit further. Um, dude, you're, you're going to like it. You're going to, if it gets picked, you're going to like it. But what I will say is that, yeah, chances are is that Atlantic City probably doesn't come back. It is so far off the grid for so many people, and there's not really a great way to fly into it either. If, if you want to do, if you want to do a, casino centric thing why don't you just do vegas yeah i i would have to agree with that i mean i also don't know and jim just said it's a rundown city atlantic city that is you know i'm not i'm not really sure i mean i know what they've done it in the past so they probably were and there might have been a deal where like it it was supposed to be covid you're supposed to be 2020 and then it got delayed or postponed and like eventually canceled so maybe there's a deal. It's like they have to hold it there, right? One more year for sure in the contract. But I think there is going to be a lot of pushback and voting against it. So there we are, though. Don't forget booth 1461 up by the bathrooms. And hey, it says keep clear there. So I think that means we've got some nice open space next to us. Cool. We'll see. As for the days and the times of the show, Wednesday is the preview night, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. This is like every single year. Um, the Wednesday night is not like a full day, obviously, four hours. Um, but it is definitely the time I feel like that a lot of people are trying to race in and get the deals. Nate, you want to explain a little bit about that? Um, yeah, the deals. Dollar boxes are your friends. I feel like I've seen a lot of big name people come around on dollar boxes, humble themselves a little bit from looking at thousand dollar cards to looking at dollar cards. And uh, you can find some sweet cards that you weren't knowing you were looking for. Like last year, Otani. Top silver pack, 2019 top silver pack blue out of 150. Sweet card. Would never have been looking for it. Found it. Bought it for a buck. Amazing. There you go. Uh, yes, definitely. You got you to gotta put in the work early uh, to get, I'd say, like some of the best deals. But if you are looking for like, you know, deals in terms of like the bigger cards, I don't think people are going to be pressed to sell Wednesday night if they have, let's say, high prices on their big items. They got full four days after that show to uh, shop around with different people that are going to come through as the weekend approaches too. So uh, don't be surprised if you don't walk in the first day and the price tags on, let's say, you know, the $500 to whatever you want to pay, $50,000 cards are like strong. Um, there is a lot of people I think that, and we'll talk about this more in future episodes. I want to point out that I did see a comment here from Matthew, um, which was, this will be my first national. So stoked to be going. We're stoked that you're going to. Uh, need tips we will definitely cover tips in a bunch of leading up uh, videos leading up to the national we're going to do some more um live streams like this where we talk about more in-depth stuff not just like the the high level information but uh feel f- i i guess my one tip right now is don't be afraid to offer nate is very afraid to offer on cards especially if a card is i'm a coward obvi- nate is a coward exactly what he said um especially if the card is like clearly overpriced like there's you can tell when people like know that maybe they have a card that they're overpricing or they just are all their cards are priced high. Um, I would say go for it. As long as you're not rude, like don't be rude and say, Hey, why is your card this much value, this much priced when comps are this? It's like, well, there are people that will tell you, Hey, I got to pay booth fees or, Hey, I only want to sell the card. If it's, if I sell it for this much, which is such a, that's, I, I say that too. I mean, I don't like overprice my stuff. Like, because I want to, you know, beat people over the head. But the point is, like, there's certain cards that I just don't want to sell unless I get X amount of money for it, even if the market value is five hundred dollars less. That's the type of card there. Okay, fine. You know, I I don't buy it because I don't want to overpay. I even say, as if if I'm selling a card, you know, that's okay. You know, go find a different card. Like I literally say, like that's okay if you don't buy it. You know, type of thing. Um, my point is always like, don't be afraid to offer. Just be nice to people. Real quick question. It'll go a long way. Go ahead. Say I'm walking around. There's a couple cards I like say four or five hundred dollar range say it's five hundred dollar card but they got it listed for 625 and then i notice maybe a 30 dollar card in their thing that's listed at 60 bucks like that's the type of stuff that i run into at these shows where i'm like well if they're going to charge double the price for a 30 dollar card i don't want to have to deal with them at all you know it's just just an absolute pain in the butt like if you're close if you're close it's one thing if you're drastically over, especially on cheap stuff, like those are the types of people that I get pricing your cards high, but I just, I, 
I don't even have a desire to to engage with them because it's so outrageous. I guess I'll say this. Let me say this. If it's like a card that's not easy. Okay, so a $30 card, when you say that, I'm thinking this is a card that you could hop on the eBay and just buy a raw card at like the actual value of it or maybe $5 higher. That's the type of card that like, yeah, I wouldn't engage an offer on something like that. I guess what I'm trying to say is like if there's a, you know, a card you probably won't find at many other booths and is is there's not many, you know, listings available on the different marketplaces that will allow you to add this thing. And maybe it's $200 over the last sale from like two months ago. And maybe it's numbered out of like, you know, hundred or something. Like I would just say like, go ahead and offer it. You know, but like I get yeah. what you're saying too, Nate, that if I walked in and had all of our, you know, $30 Hamilton's priced at 60 bucks, I'd be outrageous. You know, why would like, I, and, I do and, see what you're saying. And that's the problem. Cause like I've made deals before the Nova Welby Martes and the Luis Matos and stuff that I bought at Dallas a couple years ago. Like I didn't settle for the price they first asked for and made some deals, but you go through these booths and you, you start noticing the people that like, I, I just don't want to use my time haggling for a card. If I know, certain cheaper cards are just so severely overpriced i'm like these people just aren't they aren't in the same they're not living in the same world i'm living in that's okay but if you're not going to offer on a card because you don't want to maybe like offend someone that's a different scenario yeah 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 i just wanted to bring up that there is there are occasionally differences in uh why i won't offer than just oh i don't want to because it's awkward yes i got you i got you um another thing i'm going to say is as a dealer if you're going to set up there Biggest recommendations, price all of your cards. Price them all. I don't even care if you do price them double. Just price them because I can't tell you the amount of times that I take maybe like the 30 minutes um, in like a day or something. I can go walk around the show and try to find a couple cards I want to buy. And if there's cards out there that I really want and there's no price stickers on them and you're talking to someone and you don't stop talking to that person for the next like five minutes, I am for sure walking away. There's no question I'm walking away. If I at least see a price sticker, then I can say, oh man, maybe I should wait it on making an offer if it's close enough to my, you know, the price I want. It, I cannot believe the amount of people that still don't price their cards with stickers out there. However, you want to price them, I mean, you you gotta do it. You for sure gotta price your cards if you if you want to have a very successful show, I'd say, and good experience too as a seller. Otherwise, it's just wasting a lot of people's times, especially if you don't know the prices once people ask to, because that yeah. is a common the, thing. The guys that go, oh, let me look it up at eBay. It's like, come on, man. It's, I kind of just walk away at that point. <laughs> um, all right. And then also getting back to the schedule. So Thursday, Friday, and Saturday are all full days, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, by the way, if you have a VIP pass or an early access pass, which I'll show in a second, you can get in 30 minutes early every single day. So if it's 4 p.m. on Wednesday, you can get in at 3.30. Um, and then the only other day that's different is Sunday, which is 10 to 5, so an hour earlier. Here are the... Ticket prices. So general admission ticket is twenty five dollars if you buy online ahead of time. It's thirty dollars on site. You know, thirty dollars times five days is one hundred and fifty dollars. If you wait all the way to the event, and you're going all five days. Clearly, if you're not going all five days, and you're going like one day or two days or even three days, just go buy the general admission ticket either online or at the point of purchase. Um, and then you can get the VIP package, which gets you like some free VIP autographs, which are from players that I guess I didn't really recognize, so they're free for a reason. Um, it's $170, which does get you in early, but they also have an early access pass, which is like 150 or 160, which is every day. Plus, you get to get in the 30 minutes early if you do value that 30 minutes. Um, given Nate's dollar box finds last year, that 30 minutes super valuable. At least I'm if telling you, you have 30 minutes at the dollar box I was at last year. You would pay, you would, you spent $100 and you just paid for your entire week's worth of VIP packages. And, and a lot of other stuff and, too. and an extra probably like seven hundred dollars worth of cards yes yeah, so, so so a lot of other stuff <laughs> um so it could be worth it i would say if you are going all the days definitely buy the early access like i would just do it i mean it's worth paying a little bit more because you also don't have to wait in the insane um general admission line too the big line the first day i looked up on the on the website for the national and the two hotels are still available right now they're connected to the not connected to the convention center, but like that the, the the national is working with to have maybe like a, a group rate or something or where other people will be staying uh, is the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino Atlantic City, which is 1.2 miles away from the event. All the ones that are within, I would say, like very manageable walking distance. I'm sure some people will walk this far, but um, those are all sold out and it's around 259 a night. It looks like right now. And then the Harrah's Atlantic City 
is 2.5 miles away and is more expensive. Um, but those are the ones that are connected and connected to the event, not the event center, but in relation to the event that you can still get right now if you do want to go. So, yes, it is, you know, this is not going to be a cheap trip to go to, especially in Atlantic City with not great means to get into there. You ha- either have to, if you fly in Atlantic City, the tickets are outrageously expensive because it's a small airport. If you fly in New York, you fly to Philadelphia, you have to then get transport to the place, um, which will either take some time or take some money. So just be aware of that if you are planning on going. I really, Nate, I'm really, really, really interested to see how it be in Atlantic City is going to affect the attendance and the overall like feeling of the national, right? Like being in Chicago, walking to that Rosemont Convention Center, you just know it's the national. You know a ton of people are going to be there. You know, people come from all over the place. I haven't been here, so I just don't even know what to expect, I guess. I don't want to like say I'm like, oh, I'm not expecting it to be great. I'm just like, I don't know what to expect. Yeah. And I mean, I'll be flying from the West Coast to Chicago, which is way better than flying from the West Coast and then driving, which stinks, but flying from that to Chicago or flying East Coast to Chicago way easier than flying all the way across the United States to get there. Yeah, which people would obviously have to do, and either even from the South, too, would take some time. The last thing to share here is the autograph information, because it's more than just like what I said, the, the free autographs. Uh, I'm going to just go and breeze through this really quick. I will have to say that um, I'm not really into the the autograph scene at all. I've never went to a show and said, I have to go and get autographs from people that are coming. I've actually never once done that. The only in-person autographs I've even gotten is like from Donald Driver at a car dealership or pick and save or something like that. Um, so, which was cool. But I just want to at least share this because it is a big reason why the national attracts a lot of uh, collectors and, and even just fans of sports. Um, they don't have, like there are a lot of people that literally come just for this because I will say, the name list is pretty good. So can you see this, Nate? Mm-hmm. All right. So this is the TriStar Productions that puts on the autograph sessions at the National. And you'll see right away, you've got Bobby, Ooh, Hall, Bobby Hall, hockey legend, Odell Beckham Jr. It's his first national appearance. Um, Bernie Parent, who I don't know. Sorry, if diehard hockey players, if he's amazing. <clears throat> but you got Reggie Jackson, Ricky Henderson, Dave Winfield, uh, Joe Theismann, Tim Raines, Burt Blylevin, who used to announce for the Twins. He might still. Uh, Wade Boggs, Andre Reed twice. <laughs> you okay, Nate? Yep. All right, good. Charlie Ward, Paul Pierce, Nate, first Ew. national appearance. I already met him. Don't need to do it twice. <laughs> Michael Irvin, Ed Reed, Tony Dorsett, Eric Dickerson, Bill Walton, Clyde Frazier, Patrick Renner from Sandlot, Jim Tomey. Uh, Tomey. Oh, what? Tomey. I was going to say, I felt like I said that wrong. Tomey, yeah. Uh, Paul Molitor. Brian Bosworth, Ted Simmons, Dave Robinson from the Packers, Rainey White. You know who, you yep. know who Bosworth is? Yeah, he's the Boz. Yeah, okay. yeah. just checking. Um, all right, Randall Cunningham. I just read the name off the list. Randall Cunningham, uh, Adrian Peterson, Emmett Smith, uh, Juan Mar- Marischal. Is that how you say it? Uh, oh, man, how do you say that? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. Lenny Moore, Jack Youngblood, Ray Lewis, Joe Green, uh, Andrew Jones. Jack Morris, if not Brian Leached, Leched, Brian Leched, Leech, uh, Dale Murphy, Dan Issel, the Missile, Daryl Strawberry. Um, wow, that is a very interesting one. The Operator, U.S. Navy SEAL, Robert J. O'Neill. I think I've seen random stuff signed by him before. That's not a sport figure at all, but that's very interesting. Um, Goose Gossage, Barry Sanders, Aaron, I gotta get a VIP pass now. (laughs) <laughs> Dave hey, Parker. I'll get, I'll get uh this sign. Well, you would have to buy the autograph ticket. The, you do not get the free VIP autograph of Barry Sanders. Well, son of a gun. Uh Dave Parker, Thurman Thomas, Jason Taylor, Vinny Testaveri, Jamal Lewis, Jim Kelly. This list I, I feel like I could sit here all Yeah, it keeps night. going. Well, we get the point <laughs> for sure. There's a couple yeah, this actually is way longer than I thought when I was looking earlier. I would be sitting here. Uh, there's Chuck Liddell, even though Andrew got a free autograph from him. Or no, Jamil did, I think. Uh, Frank Gore, Floyd Mayweather, and then Michael Vick and Dan Marino and David Ortiz and Mariano Rivera and Joe Montana and Mike Piazza. <laughs> the bottom of the list is just like loaded down there. But uh, that's the point is, is that there are a lot of athletes coming to the event. So if you're into that type of thing, 
plan ahead, go look it up, figure out how you get the autograph tickets. I'm not going to be doing that, so I don't exactly know the exact process. I tried to read it, but it's definitely a little confusing. Um, so it might take a little bit of time to research it. Uh, that's all we got now for our national preview. That was like the high level, the high, high level. Not like, I mean, other than a little bit of Nate and I going back and forth about dealers and prices and all that stuff. Um, we can talk more, we'll be talking more about what to expect in the future, um, from all aspects. If it's, uh, you know, buying, if it's selling at tables, what to expect if you walk up and try to sell cards, depending on which cards you have, um, stuff like that will definitely be covered in future episodes. And then also like after event activities, um, we can talk about too. And Matthew says, those are extra costs than the VIP list, correct? Yes, that's 100% correct. The list is insane, and it is different than the VIP list, which is very small, 20 people. Maybe you get to pick 12, and I also don't know any of them, I think. Um, but you do have to go online and figure out how to like buy the actual autograph tickets from. I don't know if you need to buy like a super VIP pass. Like, there's different packages that TriStar has and everything. Uh, I just want to thank everyone for coming to today's episode. Uh, if you did come, I know it's a little bit different, you know, not talking sports card dad, not talking market trends, um, which we do a lot here, obviously, but uh, it was, it was a fun time for, I think Nate and I to go back and forth about sports card memories that we had read off some other people's read off some of yours and get ready for the national. Cause I'm super excited. Um, the last thing I have to say is that, you know, please, if you do want to help in any way again with this year's custom cherry night, just um, stay tuned for more information through Instagram, YouTube, and newsletters is going to be the most places we're going to talk about, which is pretty much all the places that people follow anyways. And uh, it's going to be a great time again this year and should be pretty big. Uh, there's a lot more ways to get involved this year than last year. Um, some that are very easy and accessible for everyone to do, um, which was why we need strength in numbers this year for sure. So I can't wait to make that announcement. Um, but other than that, please feel free to come back to our next national episodes with questions because we will field questions in those along with all the, uh, the little tips and tricks we put together. Nate, anything else to add? Nope, I'm good here. Nope. That's it. All right. Well, thanks everyone for coming tonight. Slab Stocks Live. Do really appreciate do really appreciate it. Make sure to check out whatnot this week, um, Tuesday and Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And we're gonna be back on YouTube Live Sunday at 9 45 p.m. Eastern time for another flip course episode, which is number 22, where you buy more cards to take to the national. And hopefully you come to the national and check out the little exhibit because it'll be a very fun time. I hope everyone has a great rest of your night, and we will see you in the next stream.